opening the bar on a, uh, a Sunday at 12.50. Bloody Marys for everybody. The bar's open. The Lomo Lounge is here. The Bloody Marys for... Not this for guy. Him. No Bloody Mary for Aaron. Actually, will, uh... actually no Bloody Marys for uh, Jimmy either. Funny enough, we agree on that. No, thank you. I'm going to do, um, well, IRL, I'm just drinking a vitamin water, but um, I um, bet that you could. IRL, I'm drinking a Gatorade Zero, so. We're, we're both probably, if we got to drink something, we're probably just dunking a, a shot of vodka in each of these and calling it a day. Mm -hmm. uh, stay hydrated. It's been hot out there, folks. Um, welcome to After the Movies, the show that happens after At the Movies. It's kind of like At the Movies, but it's after um and this week we watched the film that we were supposed to watch last week uh and boy am i glad we did it seems like jimmy had time of his life Hi. With this one. that's not no sarcasm there no you had you had, you had a tough time with after the movies we had a tough run we did have a tough and, run uh, it's finally nice things... to have a have a payoff here because we've watched a lot of a lot of turds on after the movie so far, and I don't know what that says about the new movies coming out. Or, I mean, there's like it's been the thing with after the movies, yeah, the, like like the highs have been high and the lows have been low. So, yeah, uh, it's been a rocky road, I would say. Mm -hmm. But uh, vicious fun is the film that we watched, and I'm happy to say that uh, as many reviewers have already noted, it lives up to its name. Um, yeah, I was, was <laughs> I was kind of at the at the, at the beginning. I was like, I don't like any film that tells me what I should expect. Don't, don't tell me what to do. And oh, man, I had a great time. I'm so glad uh, this movie was. Yeah, uh, I'm just pulling up. People could probably see you on my face. Uh, directed by Cody Callahan. Um, this is streaming right now on Shudder. Uh, and it is a film about, uh, and it takes place in 1983. It's a film about a horror movie review journalist who accidentally stumbles upon a support group for serial killers, which is a very funny and unique premise and feels like something that we would write a sketch about, mm -hmm. honestly. Stretched into a full film. Um, and... Yeah, it's a horror comedy. It's what it sounds like. The kills. We talked about the kills yesterday when we were watching it, but the kills are very good. The jokes are funny. I think one of the strongest parts of this movie to me is the casting. I think everybody was almost cast perfectly. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on there. I thought everybody fit their role and the acting was well done. And yeah, no, you're 100% right. The casting, excellent job on whoever the casting director was on this one. So... Let's yeah, let's uh, get into the nitty gritty a little bit. It's super stylized. This movie, you you mentioned something while we were watching. You said I love movies that look like this. The first thing that I noticed was that score when the movie starts. So, it's yeah, really just time and place. Um, I would say that this film is cartoonish in a sense. Yeah, uh, not you know, not in a bad way at all. No, but in the, it knows exactly what it's doing. It's got kind of you know. like that Scott Pilgrim feel, but not as like cartoony. Yeah, it's 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 very deliberately uh, like putting you in 1983 with these sensory cues. There's a lot of lighting choices. There's a, the the score is very synth heavy. 
Um, and so, like, that could be a little cheap for people, but this movie is not really going for, like, high art. You know, this is just a splatterfest or a comedy. Get in, have as much fun as you can, get out. And in that sense, it totally succeeds. Um, yeah. I just, man, I can't, I can't get over how good this film looked. Like, just from the yeah. lighting to the shots, everything just was, like, just so visually appealing like even even the darkest of scenes were lit with these kind of like backlights coming through these neon signs or these like silhouette doors or something like it was just so cool to see and so happy to see films like this being being made so yeah i what i and there's like a lot of stuff i love about this um the fact that it is almost a two setting movie there's there's a scene there's scenes at the beginning of the film uh where he's at home and then there are bookending scenes of him at the movie theater um our protagonist uh but otherwise it takes place the the you know first 40 minutes largely takes place in this chinese restaurant and the second half of it largely takes place in this uh uh police station mm -hmm. um and then there is like a, there's a small scene in a hospital as well but overall it feels like I mean, I don't know that other people would pick this out unless you were deliberately looking for it, but it feels like it was making um, smart use of its budget a lot of the time. And it didn't feel, but it but it also didn't feel like, it didn't feel that way. Like, it didn't feel like they were like, oh no, we have to keep this scene here. It just made sense that a large portion of the film took place in that restaurant and that another large portion took place in the police station, you know? Which, and another thing too, when you have these kind of like only a few settings and you rely on dialogue, it can get kind of long at times, especially that scene where Carrie and um, fuck, what's his name? Joel are in the um, kind of freezer area or the kitchen area like that. Like that sequence could have been very long depending on how it's written, written or how it's uh, directed, but they did keep us engaged throughout the whole entire sequence. So I was pleased. I was definitely pleased with that. Yeah. That's the only complaint that I'll give that I will give briefly and then we'll move on because the rest of it's so good. It's not even a real complaint. It's just I do think it is very dialogue heavy, which was not what I was expecting. Dialogue is good. It's well written. The jokes are funny. They land. Um, I do think that some of the sequences go on a bit long. So when he first stumbles upon the 12-step group and they're just talking in a circle for... Yeah, I would agree with you, you know, on that. 15 minutes, maybe, something like that there is a point where you start to feel like, okay, like is something going to happen here? And it does, it pops off, you yeah. know, it's the, the payoff is worth the wait, but yeah. there are mm -hmm. a couple moments like that where the dialogue overseas. It's welcome. Maybe just a little bit. Yeah. Well, I think um, like, especially in that scene, they're trying to get us to feel Joel's kind of sense of like, he doesn't not belong. He's scared. So it keeps going on and it's him just like stuttering and being like, well, 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 I, well, I'm a cab driver. And right. uh, you're like, okay, we, and it kind of goes around again. Then it kind of goes around again. And you're like, eh, but, but you are right. It does eventually pop off and you kind of get a payoff for sitting there through it. They kill champ. Kill champ. Whammy. <laughs> Whammy. They whammied him. David, David Kochner, the legend, uh, plays like the host of the 12-step group. Um, does not last as long as you think he might, but uh, he's great and i love i seriously i love the casting in this 
the serial killers themselves are so each one is so unique um, that it is you know it is so easy to separate them and they do this very cool you know when I say cartoony they make this decision where she's explaining who is who to him they're locked in the freezer he goes who are these people and she explains you know one by one this is this serial killer he targets his victims like this and they're doing like a show for you like as she's saying that you're showing Hideo on camera putting his mask on and, you know, pulling out a sword or serving up, like, human flesh. And it really, like, gives you this, like, cartoonish introduction to each of these characters that helps you separate them. Yeah. Um, I but can't... they look different. Yeah. Their performances feel different. Each one gives an effective performance as their killer. They do. You know? And I kind of can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm happier they told us instead of showing us like what each of these killers were right which, which is like right. i never thought i'd really be saying this because you're almost better off like showing them but i'm so glad they didn't go into like a minute long like scene of like michael and then hideo and then fritz and then they came back to where they were it was just nice that yeah. like stylized show it's like this and he's putting on uh, the you know the welding mask or fritz is dressing up as a clown and then hideo's just getting ready you're like okay like they're getting into their element they're getting into character they're ready to rock and roll they're ready to kill i was like i like well, this you get, you get enough of that because they do kill throughout the film uh leading up to their you know their uh what's the word I'm looking for not conflict their their Wow, the brain is not good today. Um, I will say, though, and maybe you can think about it, the one thing I do enjoy that they gave them each their own like time to shine, their moment in the sun. We got to see Fritz do the nail kill. We got to see Michael. Right, just that's what I'm saying. Hack yep. and slash, and then uh, we got to see Bob there just be a crazy person throughout the whole entire film. That dude was absolutely unhinged, which was kudos to the actor that played him i think he did an excellent job but and that guy that was a nutty character man that was a nutty character he feels bob feels like he came out of a looney tune like i love his performance it is spot on tonally um he is like a goofy guy the way he's doing the dance to the to the jukebox music and then like you know when he is when they hit him with the phone that was the part I noticed most, uh, and if you're listening to this, I guess you're not going to see my face. I don't even know if I should attempt to do it, but they hit him with the phone, and he does the thing where his, like, lips go one way, and his eyes go, and he's just like, Ugh! and then, like, falls over, and it's so cartoonish, and mm -hmm. not in a bad way, just in, like, a over-the-top, you know, it, it's tonally, the way the rest of this movie is, it just fits so well. Um... I think the protagonist is very funny. I think Joel is is his awkwardness to me lands. It doesn't feel forced. I think it's very funny. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I might have jumped the gun when I said this to you last night, and I think as I've like slept on it, I, it's probably not. I'd have to really, and I think probably at like the end of the year, we'll probably list all our favorite films for the year and do something crazy. But this is our first. This is our first year doing it, so I don't know what the hell we're doing yet. But um. This is definitely up there, my top films I've seen this year. Like, I'll definitely give it that. And I said when we were messaging, I was like, this is the best film I've seen all year. And I don't know if that's really true, but man, I was I was just beside myself, dude. I I don't I can't tell you the last time I had that much f fun, 
Like, I always enjoy myself, but, like, this felt like you were at, at like, an amusement park. Like, you were having just, like, so, like, so much fun. Like, you were just going on an adventure, so. That's what I love about horror, uh, and that's what I love about a lot of these dumb franchise movies. Like, I'm a big Friday the 13th fan, and there's two types of movies, right? There's films that try to be very serious and have a message and stuff, and then there are these other movies they're kind of like vicious fun that literally are like how you know what's the most fun we can give to this audience within the span of like 90 minutes and that's exactly what this feels like um it doesn't it's not trying to be something it's not it doesn't take itself too seriously it's not like operating out of its own lane it is just it truly does live up to its name like the name is very good because it really is just like an hour and a half of like what if we took five, four or five serial killers, put them in a room, had them go after two people, you know, uh, and it's exactly what you want it to be. Even the cops, you, you brought up that you don't like dumb cops in movies, which I think is funny. I do the, the cop in every movie that's like, yeah, yeah, okay, killer Santa Claus, right. Okay, I'll report on that when pigs fly out of my ass. And like, <laughs> that guy... Uh, you know, the cops in this don't believe, they, they are arrested, they go to the station, they tell their story, cops don't believe them. Um, the cops were elevated into being even, like, their own kind of funny characters, to the point to where it worked for me. So, like, the one cop is so dumb, there's, like, there's two jokes that were really funny. Bob comes in as an FBI agent, because uh, he does all these disguises. He comes in as an FBI agent, he's talking to him while he's in his cell, and then he's like, I'm gonna go see your roommate after this and like essentially it's just like i'm gonna go kill your roommate after this and joel and his cell is like you guys can hear him right like you're standing right there i think you can hear him and the cop just doesn't look up he goes yeah i'm hearing everything he's saying he sounds perfect like that's very funny and then he also says something about the fake bob's fake mustache and the cop freaks out loses his mind and goes that was you don't insult a man's mustache that was probably as much as i hated as much as i hated kind of the opening of those cops that scene was probably my favorite, though. And he's just like, you don't insult a man's mustache. You never insult a man's mustache. It, I honestly think it, like, ended up being, uh, you know, it started as a trope. And I think a lot of this movie does kind of play on horror tropes and stuff. But mm-hmm. those cops really came into their own characters as being these bumbling, goofy cops. They're very funny. They're very arrogant. Um, perfect victims for when the, the rest of the crew shows up and... Uh, trying to think who gets what um cop wise I, I, somebody gets uh pencils in the ears somebody else takes the nail to the head yeah so uh tony at the beginning gets the nail from fritz uh and then the guy who the cop who's like you never insult a mustache he gets whacked by michael and then the the last guy the kind of guy in charge i guess gets the pencils yeah um but my favorite kill I don't know about you. I was going to ask you uh, this. I was going to ask you what your favorite kill is. I was I was interested throughout of them. Man, I that desk kill is so good. They give some of Fritz's uh one of his syringes and they give it to uh who's the guy that looks like a jacked Serge Tankian? Michael. Michael. He gets the desk killer. No, 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 no. He gets the sword through the through the visor. Who is who am I thinking of? Fritz. Gets, oh, is it Fritz? Yeah, Fritz gets so the. They, 
they give him his own medicine. He's like paralyzed, but still aware of what's going on. And it's so funny. She, Sarah's there, his roommate, and Carrie's like, "Can you just like step out of the room for a minute?" And she like leaves the room. And Joel's talking to her, and he's like, yeah, "Like, just give me a second. And just tips the desk on him, corner to the face, just explodes his head across the floor. Um, man, just so the perfect combination of, like, a gory kill, but also, like, the context around it. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think... That's got to be my favorite. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think that's probably my favorite, but they were just so fun to watch. <laughs> like, I don't know, the... Uh, the effects were believable, but also too like over, like a little over. I'm um, exaggerated, which fits the kind of cartoony nature of this film. Uh, but definitely the dust kill, man. That was that was kind of the most satisfying one. We just it's like, just like the build up to it, and then it's like, just bloop. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, did Hideo get choked out with intestines, or was it a bunch of sausages? Yeah. No, Hideo got uh, choked out by Phil. By Phil's intestines because Carrie killed Phil earlier, stuck him in the freezer, right. and then uh, Joel was pretending to be dead. Hideo comes in and then Carrie's just like, whoosh, like just wraps the yep. intestines around his. That's so like dumb and funny and fun. Uh, I mean, all of the kills were dumb in this, but like they were so satisfying. They were awesome though, like dumb in a good way. Want. Like dumb in a good way. Right. I mean, dumb they were, in a good way. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think anyone who's interested in this movie will know exactly what we mean by yeah, that. Yeah, 100%. Um, and and the movie even kicks off like by showing you what it's going to be. When Carrie gets picked up by Phil at the beginning of the movie, um, and you're like, oh, this... I told I literally just was on the couch next to me, and I was like, she didn't know what I was watching. So I just turned to her, and to kind of give her some warning, I was like, oh, that guy's a serial killer. He's almost definitely going to kill her. And then it immediately subverts your expectations when Carrie whips out the knife and and uh, stabs Phil through the bottom of the jaw. And um, I was just like, oh, this is that kind of movie. The stabbings so in this, this is... film were kind of one of the most visceral experiences because you just hear it. It's like, we got it. Yeah, dude, we got to talk about Bob because I just remembered the Bob's demise. Yeah, so got the worst of it. Bob, R.I.P. Bob, Bob got the worst of it, which is kind of fitting, but. He also made it worse on himself. Bob, Bob gets, so Bob gets like eviscerated with a knife. Like he just Mm -hmm. gets stabbed like 50 times at close range. Uh, And then he gets stabbed in the eye, which he's the second person in this to get stabbed in the eye. Uh, Champ also takes a a needle to the eye. You and I famously. That's what I was going to say. We, yeah. Don't do eye stuff. Mm -mm. Uh, This I was able to, I don't know what was different about this, if it was the tone or whatever. This I was able to watch. It didn't bother me as much. You know what, man? I have to agree with you. I didn't really even realize that until we started talk, talking about it. Normally, I stuff, I'm like, Ugh. no yep, thanks. But I this one, away. I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why yep. either. That's, that's kind of true. And I think it's, it's just, it's got to be like the tone and stuff. But like, why would you, if you... I mean, he's clearly dying. Why would you pull the knife with your eye out? That seems like you're just making it so much worse for yourself. Bob just pulls his eye out on a on a knife, and I, I can't... I would not do that. I would leave it in. I hope I never get stabbed in the eye, to be honest with you. That... Me too. That, that would be preferable, certainly. <laughs> Even if um, it's even if it's for a film that we're doing, I hope we never write a scene where any of us have to get stabbed in the eye. I don't want to see it. No. I don't want to even try to 
Try to if I ever did that, I would have to have somebody else direct it. Or even needles, like needles, I don't like. And that's another thing in this movie. I don't think there was any real like close-up syringe shots because those always get me. Um, But yeah, needles don't really bother me. Trying to think of what this is comparable to, um, and kind of failing. uh, Maybe like Tucker and Dale versus Evil uh, feels like an apt comparison. Yeah, Uh, I can see that. I can see that. Very just like comedy. I would say comedy first. I would say the premise is horror-related, horror-adjacent, because it's about killers or whatever. But I would say that this is more of a comedy film than a horror film, I think. Why do you think there's been kind of this, like, resurgence or kind of, like, it's more accepted now to do, like, horror comedy than it was maybe 10 years ago? Maybe even I'm just completely talking out of my ass here, but... I feel like it's more no. accepted to do like I don't know if they're just being like executed like better but it seems I like horror that, comedy. I think it's I think it's nostalgia I think it's you know a movie like Jason Takes Manhattan may or may not have been meant to be schlock when it came out in 1989 but there's now you've got this whole nostalgia market for the 80s we've got Stranger Things we've got it remake you know you've got all these properties coming back and i think there's this idea that like we've we've sat with those tropes for so long the the stereotype of uh which um michael played he was like a jason type but with a welder mask you know he's goes to summer camp well he was like yeah yeah. he was he was like jason-esque but michael myers in like name and stature almost yes with the, cause he so had I, the, cause he had like the, like the mechanic suit kind of thing on too, which was neat. I think that movies now, and this sometimes work and sometimes doesn't. I think that when you make a bad movie on purpose, you, a bad movie on purpose is different than a movie that's bad, not on purpose, but it's still fun to watch. Sometimes you get somebody who's making like a Sharknado and you're like, I roll like I really got to sit through an hour and a half of this like fake bad. I want something that's really bad. Like show me a bad movie kind of thing. But I do think there's this desire to make audiences feel the way they feel when they think about a movie like Child's Play or Jason Takes Manhattan or something that is like has stood the test of time, but also inadvertently feels cheesy. And so now it's like, oh, we can we can do that on purpose we can make a cheesy movie that transports audiences back to 1985 or whatever you know no i 100% i think that's that's part of it i like it man i hope that there's you know i i would like to dip our toes in it uh potentially i'd like to see more films kind of take uh this route i feel like they are harder to execute when you kind of combine two genres together. I think the more that you kind of mesh things together, it becomes harder to accomplish uh, because you're trying to also appeal to the horror thriller fans. And you're also trying to appeal to the comedy fans and do this kind of like Venn diagram where it meets right in that sweet spot. So when a movie like this is hard to execute and you put it out on, out on this level, I mean, that gives them even, you know, Cody and other team even more kudos for me anyways i think i think from a writing standpoint it almost helps to have more than one writer on a movie like that where you're blending genres because you could have somebody who focuses on 
the elements of each genre. You know, mm-hmm. you can have somebody who is focusing on the dialogue and what's funny and what works. And then you can have somebody who's focusing on the kills and um, the suspense of it all, you know, and the scene building. Um, I would also love to dip our toes in it. I've had this idea for a long time. I don't know how much I like to reveal on the pod because I don't want somebody to use it. Not that it's a million dollar idea, like Joel's taxi cab killer idea that is stolen uh, from him. But uh, Phantom of the Chopra, man, my abandoned mall Phantom of the Opera slasher film. Um, someday, 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 man, someday we'll make. We've gotta set it. There's, there's an abandoned mall in Pittsburgh. Got my eyes on it. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's an abandoned mall everywhere. Are you talking about this Century Three? Because they're gonna knock that building down. No, oh, okay. I'm talking about. Uh, I can actually tell you if you give me two seconds. If you vamp, vamp. Cover for me. And also, too, for anybody that's from Pittsburgh, I think they're knocking Century 3 Mall down. I don't know. I'm sorry. If they're not, don't get your news and local information from me because I am not an expert in anything that I talk about. <laughs> so, not, so don't take your news from me, especially your news at all. It was the Galleria at Pittsburgh Mills. It's not abandoned. It's like half closed. It's like, like, it's like one like, of the biggest malls. Dude, there's one store open for every five that are closed. Yeah, but there's still like 30 stores in that place that are open. It's just so big. We could film there. Yeah, we you could. could. They don't care. I'm sure they don't care. The, per- exactly. <laughs> the person that bought that bought it for a dollar. You know that? The person that bought, no, he bought it. Are you at kidding a- me? Yeah, but the funny thing is, is like they bought it for a dollar in like a tax sale or uh, whatever. But there's like millions of dollars in like back taxes and liens on on the building, so they had to assume all of that debt. But uh, yeah, they bought it for like a dollar. A dying mall is what I should say, not abandoned. A dying, a dying yes. Mall. I will, uh, most malls are dying, unfortunately. Yes, there's another one in Buffalo as well, unfortunately for sure. Um, but nonetheless, vicious fun. I had a great time with this movie. Um, you know, you know, you if you're listening to this, you know right off the bat whether this movie's for you or not. You know, if, if this sounds like the kind of thing you're into, it's not playing Atrix on you. You will be into it. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't sound like it's your speed, it is exactly what we described it as, so maybe steer clear. But I yeah. had a great time with this. I know you did. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to give it right now. This is... I think this is my top spot for after the movie so far and the, in the run we've been doing after since we started after the movies between this and between this and Mandy, maybe this might be my favorite film since we started after the movies. This is just after the movies, movies, not, not including our other movies we've talked about on other pods. I was just going to pull up our list because I had to make sure. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I look. think Mandy, I think Mandy, let's see. Well, I did love fried berry as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're up there. They can be interchangeable depending on the day. I'm fine with that. But it's definitely up there. It's top three, definitely. Yep. I would say Mandy and fried berry are probably my top two, but this is right up there. Um, just... Great, enjoyable, fun. Go, go get Shutter. You know, like I don't like 
nobody likes this whole streaming. No, uh, but shout out you know, Shutter though. Shout out Shutter. Exactly. What I'm saying, there's a big monopoly on all the streaming stuff going on right now. But um, Shutter is the service that I would recommend, especially for horror fans. But there's all kinds of content on there. There's horror comedy. There's something for everyone. Plus Joe Bob Briggs uh, every season. We get so much of our after the movies from there. Uh, I, yep. I couldn't recommend it enough. And it's, it's cheap. And also to Shutter, if you'd like to give us a spot, more than happy to do our show over on Shutter instead of YouTube. So let us know. Let us know. More than happy. Jimmy, is there something that you wanted to watch for after the movies? Off the bat. Just curious. No, because I think what we, we like, we end up fall falling into this dynamic a lot where like you, you keep up more on like the films that are coming out. And I kind of just like wait till I see something. So yeah. I don't think I've. All right. In that case, uh, in lieu or, or moving forward with, uh, or at the movies this week, I am going to keep the movie a secret for now because I actually, uh, there's a couple of options that we have. Um, I am not hundred percent sure what we want to watch yet. So, uh, let's keep an eye, just, just keep an eye out for the posts on the socials. Yeah. And we'll let you know what movies we're going to be watching both for at the movies and after the movies, as well as where you can watch them mm-hmm. for next week. Um, but just for this week, uh, we'll keep it a surprise. Why not? Yeah, no, it's good. And that makes, make sure you're following us on socials. Cause we always let you know what we're watching and give you a little bit of time to watch it. So, so, um, it is weird though that there was a couple of people that asked if they could use the back of our bar for like a meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did just go back to check on them like before we started recording and they were talking about eviscerating people. So, That's weird because we uh, just had a guy come in. He said he was a realtor and wanted to know if we were interested in selling the bar. So I don't know if he's mm-hmm. like connected with that or anything. Yeah. I, I you know I'm getting a little nervous. Uh, I don't want to be the one to tell them that we're closing. Um, so, you know, and luckily we enjoyed vicious fun. Maybe we so just, I think we're just lock up and they, hang out. and they find their own way out. Maybe for the first time, me and you just sneak out the front and we'll let them do their own thing. I, I think that's in our best interest. Okay. Honestly. Yeah. Well, um, hopefully the bar is still here when we come back, but either way, it's been a, it's been a ton of fun. The hell of a ride. All right, folks, thank you so much. As always, thank you to our patrons, Jay Irvin and Dylan Painter. Um, thank if you. If you'd like to join them, three bucks a month, less than a cup of coffee. Uh, you get to watch the movies with us for the podcast. Um, we'd love to get some more people in there for that. Among a host of other benefits, um, and there are different tiers you can pick from as well. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have the money, we'd appreciate it. If Lots not, of options. word of mouth. Word of mouth goes a long way. Um, so just, you know, thank you for watching and listening. And if you hear an episode you love and you want to share it, that would mean the world to us. Um, but either way, thank you for tuning in. Sincerely. Thank you. And I, like, actually, to you, this is going to be the most sincere. You need to get out of the bar. Trust us. You need to, you need to get out I, of the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you are not in the back of the bar now, you need to exit the front of the bar immediately. You need to leave. All right. Signs off. You need to leave. You need to get out. You need to get out. All right, everybody. See you next week. See ya.